Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, January 6th. It's uh, 5.32 a.m. Central Time as I uh, speak here. Brian Split, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, You got big weekend plans? Uh, you know, actually, sports are starting back up after the holidays, so we've got some uh, some travel basketball on Sunday and uh, just a few other things, indoor soccer, so not big plans, but plans I enjoy. We've got second grade basketball uh, Saturday or tomorrow, and uh, it started off as kind of a circus, but now the team's starting to kind of look like a team after uh, playing for about a month, so uh, we are excited for that. Hey, I wanted to mention your uh, meeting here in Nashville, which is about a month away. It is. It's a month away. Um, it'll start on Sunday, the February the fifth, uh, with a little bit of an educational uh, outlook. Uh, you know what our chart formations, not a, an actual chart or technical outlook of, of specific markets. Um, some option uh, information. How do they work? Just very basic stuff. And then the meat and potatoes of the, everything will be on uh, on Monday the sixth. Uh, so we're going to have a good market outlook. Um, very informational. Cool. Uh, if you guys are interested in that, I will put the link to the um, registration page for the agmarket.net meeting in Nashville. I will be there. Brian will be there. Uh, Matt Bennett will be there, of course. Uh, let's get into some of the news here this morning. Uh, Argentina's forecast looks a little bit drier. So this map yesterday, this is the Euro model that's on my screen. Uh, yesterday, this looked quite a bit wetter for some of these uh, corn and soybean areas in Argentina. This morning, it looks a little bit drier. Um, I don't know if this is why the market is up or not, but I think a lot's going to hinge on whether or not these rains hit or whether or not you see any sort of uh, shift in the weather pattern. Yeah, Joe, uh, you know, it seems like we kind of get rain on the weekends or what that's been the pattern. So we had some rain last weekend and the Mm -hmm. weekend before the weekend before that Uh, we get hot and dry in between. Um, We saw corn and soybeans both hit some some very good technical support yesterday the the uptrend from the october lows in soybeans and uh, what would be the uptrend from the july lows in corn and it stopped right where it should and we're seeing a good bounce and i i don't doubt that this uh change in the forecast has something to do with that uh, bounce off of those trend line supports there's a little bit of conflict uh in the models if you look at the gfs version of this it's a little bit wetter so i think that the forecast come say sunday night into monday could be a big deal for the markets. Um, speaking of those rains we had last weekend, uh, the Buenos Aires Grain Exchange uh, said that they were a positive, but that crop prospects are still pretty much reduced. Uh, bean crop is 82% planted in Argentina. They should be north of 90 at this point. The corn crop 70% planted. They should be like 77. Uh, their wheat crop in Argentina was a disaster this year. It's like it's off like 45% versus last year. Yeah, and it was really interesting um, when you think back to the December WASDE report, and the USDA did not uh, address the corn or soybean crop in Argentina. They they did address wheat, so I expect uh, that those revisions will be coming uh, next week, and and we'll see how far the the USDA wants to drop the soybean and, and corn crop. But uh, this meal market's been extremely strong, and it's hard to envision beans breaking substantially until that meal market runs its course. A meal rally is a real rally, as they say. Um, that report next uh, is the next Thursday, the 12th. That's going to yes. be a big report. I think there's going to be a lot of changes in there. I think there's going to be Argentina crop adjustments. I think there's going to be U.S. corn demand adjustments. 
Um, there's going to be uh, a lot of stuff. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, we had a terrible week of ethanol production. The this was the last week of 2022. A uh, production of 844,000 barrels per day. That was down 12.5% on the week, down 19.5% versus the same week last year. Worst seasonal print since 2012. I think this is because of winter weather and probably the holiday schedule, but this is not good. No, uh, and I think you're right. Uh, when you when you think back to the weather that we were dealing with, um, just how frigid cold it was, um, I, I think the ethanol run uh, was reduced because of that. And, and and like you said, it was the holidays, so uh, that weather with the holiday probably compounded the effect. So we we want to see a strong rebound, and and obviously the the weather is moderated quite a bit. Temperatures are warmer, so the the run should look better on the next report. I did a uh, premium video yesterday, if you guys are interested, about uh, ethanol demand and also uh, export demand for corn and how there are some problems there. If you guys are interested in that, I went into some great detail and, and laid out some of the worst case scenarios. Uh, check out the premium deal uh, this morning. We've got some fighting in Ukraine still. Uh, Putin wanted to do a ceasefire for uh, the Russian Christmas, and uh, he's not going to get it the way it looks. Yeah, and... Does the market react to it? I, I don't think it no, does. No, not Maybe anymore. It's a small bounce, uh, but yeah, yeah, these these day to day headlines. I mean, it's it's a it's a war, right? And you're going to continue to see uh, fighting. So I, I don't think you come in here and try and buy wheat every time uh, you know uh, some shooting occurs. That's that's what's going to happen. I don't see very many people talking about this anymore, like in regard to the wheat market or to the corn market, just because the the headlines haven't moved the market. I still think it's a big deal, though. Like I still think it has the potential to be a big deal if things went in the wrong uh, direction. It just seems like, I mean, you watch wheat futures, it, it just doesn't matter anymore. I mean, nobody cares about this anymore. Yeah. Back to pre-invasion levels, I mean. There's a lot of markets, and, and wheat's not the only one when you talk about pre-invasion levels. Uh, oh, we're going to talk about one here in a second. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, here's a natural gas chart. Natural gas lost 35% in December. It's already down 19% just this week. This is uh, like a catastrophic collapse in a commodity market. I mean, this is crazy. And you know what's wild is that regardless of that big drop in the month of December, this was still one of the best performing commodities for the year. Um, so yeah, I mean, so you go from here, yeah. you started off so cheap and then you, I mean, you had a tremendous spike and even with the December drop, you still had a good overall annual performance, I guess. But back to Dece of 2021 lows in this uh, this 350-ish area. Yeah. Um, could be some good support. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Nat Gas catch in this vicinity. And uh, if we start looking at some cold temperatures again uh, as we wrap up uh, winter, maybe this market gets a good bounce off these levels. So not only futures have fallen apart, but uh, natural gas prices in Europe, like physical prices, are down to pre-invasion levels. They've had kind of a mild winter so far. Apparently, some success in using alternatives to Russian natural gas. Russia provided 40% of Europe's natural gas prior to the invasion. So I don't know if this is a fundamental thing. I don't know if this is maybe because of uh, perceived economic weakness or the idea that we're headed for recession or that sort of thing. But gosh, this this energy sector in particular, you can natural gas, look at crude. I mean, this stuff has not acted well. No, and, and maybe the one benefit for uh, for um, for corn for ethanol is that uh, natural gas is cheaper, and that makes uh, that does improve margins. Yeah, uh, we had jobless claims out yesterday. Some economic data; uh, they were down nineteen thousand. So we're still like 
in a pretty darn good looking employment situation. I know we're starting to hear, hear rumors or, or talk of layoffs. Amazon's going to lay off employees, Salesforce, some other uh, tech firms, but the situation still looks pretty good. Now we do have a jobs report this morning. They're looking for unemployment to stay uh, steady at 3.7%. Non-farm payrolls expected to increase by 200,000, which would be down from 263 in November. But this is still you know, really good stuff when it comes to the job market. The job market is is still really good by all indications. Yeah, and and it's tough because you keep hearing all this uh, chatter about heading into a recession, and the big banks are talking about it. And uh, you look at the unemployment rate, and things look really good there. But um, it's one of those things where just talk of recession can start bringing on recessionary behavior from consumers and, and companies alike. I think we talked about this the last time you were on, and, and I kind of ask myself this question sometimes. Can you have a recession with a 3.7% um, unemployment rate? I found this chart. This is from the Cleveland Fed that I've got on my screen. So this is like these gray bars here. These are recessionary periods. And then your blue line is the unemployment rate. So you've had uh, scenarios where you start with low unemployment in a recession, like the early 2000s recession. You started with like a four point, you know, four and a half percent unemployment rate, and then it went up to, you know, close to six. Even like two thousand eight, you started, you started higher, maybe five percent. Uh, the one back in the early seventies, you started looks like sub four percent. So there is some precedent for that. Like you could start into a recession with a low unemployment rate, but then it inevitably will will move higher. Yeah, and, and sometimes um, when you think back to other. Uh, metrics and and you look at uh, Fed policy and it's interesting. Sometimes the the stock market really makes that last push down uh, as the Fed uh, eases their their policy from a, a tightening. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it, it's it's not always. Uh, it, sometimes it can be counterintuitive on how some of the stuff works. Uh, yeah, I, I just I talk about this stuff because I think the economy is potentially a big deal. Uh, you look at like gasoline demand. I probably should have mentioned this in the uh, ethanol part, but um, gasoline demand has been really soft and that's not a good indication for, for the economy and economic activity. If gasoline demand soft, that means we don't need to produce enough ethanol. I mean, there are implications that can come back to us in the grain markets. I don't know if we're there yet or not, but I mean, this ethanol thing doesn't look great to me. No. And, and that's going to be, you know, we, we know corn for export is, is the major glaring concern on demand. Uh, I think corn for ethanol is, is going to be uh, something that kind of creeps into the into the story here, and you know, a lot of people are are very friendly on the cattle side because of lack of numbers out there in the country, and and you have to wonder what that means for the the, the feed side of, of demand for corn. Um, so you know, we could see uh, a barrage on on the demand side of the balance sheet on all three categories, and and at the same time, see the crop uh, increase in size. That would be the 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 typical behavior from USDA if they increase yield in November, they'll bump it up again in January. So. Uh, these are all, you know, changes that could come next week. We should see some indication. So that grain stocks report is out on Thursday next week, along with the um, with the crop production in WASD. So you get some indication in regard to feed demand, which is always tricky to gauge. Uh, speaking of cattle, they were mixed yesterday. Feeder cattle were actually sharply lower, but if acted pretty well overall. I haven't seen much. Have you seen much cash cattle this week? No, I have not. No, we'll see what develops. Uh, here today, I suppose. Um, outside markets, the dollar was higher. Was the dollar sharply higher yesterday too? It was, and it looks like it's got kind of a nice rounded bottom that's been forming over the last yeah. month. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see this dollar start to uh, to push back to some levels, and maybe at the very least retrace some of the the break that we had from that one close to one fifteen down to these uh, you know one hundred three levels. 
you could see some volatility in the currencies today um, when that jobs report comes out. If you get the right or wrong numbers, people are going to assume that the Fed's going to go one way or the other, and that's going to move the currencies quite a bit. Um, dollar's a little bit higher this morning, guys. Stock market's about flat. Bonds are flat. Gold's up two bucks. Crude oil down nine cents, seventy three eighty three. What do you think about the crude market? I mean, it's just it just looks sick to me. It does. Um, I think there's some equilibrium in the crude oil market around $65 a barrel, and I wouldn't be surprised to see this market get uh, into some new lows. Uh, it, it's a it's in a downtrend, um, you know, and we we continue to bounce around 70. Uh, that's been a number that's been talked about by the administration as far as maybe, uh, you know, replenishing SPR reserves. Yeah. Um, but uh, the market's trending down, and it has been for several months. All right. Well, hey, everybody have a uh, wonderful weekend. Brian, we'll see you uh, next week. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. See you guys.